Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Sanctuary by Julia Gulia 6 on AO3. Rating General Audiences. Department regulation earmuffs drown out most of the residual noise as she deposits bullet after bullet into her target. The range is her sanctuary right now, and she hides here to collect her thoughts. However, she can't think, can't process what has happened. How could he walk away? How could he leave her? Sanctuary. Other than the solitary stillness of the range, giving her a few moments of peace, where is her sanctuary? The problem is that he is her sanctuary, and now he is gone. Everything in her life Every place in her life reminds her of Chris, and she hates him for it. Her home reminds her too much of him, which doesn't matter because she hasn't been able to sleep since the shooting anyway. His home, a place once as comfortable as her own, is far worse. Against her better judgment, she's been stopping by his place to bring in his mail and feel his presence, which is nothing short of heartbreaking. She stole his Michigan sweatshirt to keep a piece of him with her, a tangible reminder of what she loved and what she's lost. Her anger comes in waves, mixed with emptiness and sadness that has lingered for weeks, and she feels guilty for it. Less than two months ago, she prayed to every god and deity she knew to save him and selfishly to keep him in her life. He left anyway. He had to know what this would do to her. She knows where he is, his sanctuary beach cottage he inherited after his grandmother passed away. He has spoken of it lovingly to her countless times, but he's never invited her there. She understands. It's the same connection she has to Sanibel Island. Everyone needs a place to decompress, to get away, even from their best friend. She desperately wants to run away, to take off and retreat, but she isn't afforded that luxury. Instead, she's left to clean up the mess to do the work of two people, to juggle the worry and stress. Another angry moment resurfaces. The frustration bubbles over. Bang, bang, bang. She tries to put herself in his place, to look at it through his clouded eyes. What if she couldn't cover Chris? What if he almost died because of her? Would she turn in her badge? Would she walk away from their partnership, and more importantly, their friendship? Honestly, She doesn't have an answer. So much trust goes into what they do. And for a split second, that trust was unintentionally broken. They both felt it palpably that day, though he never allowed the conversation that should have followed. She could feel the guilt and helplessness in his brief words as he walked out of her life. So she's here, depositing clip after clip into paper silhouettes, envisioning the ghosts that haunt their partnership and friendship, thinking about this damn serial killer that has worked his way into her psyche and nightmares. Shot after shot, allowing her shoulder to burn, to feel an ounce of the pain Chris must have felt that fateful afternoon when he reached for his gun, but his body failed him. She can channel her sadness and rage here, alone. But once she walks through the doors of homicide, she will have to flip back into her professional demeanor. As the days drag on, her facade is crumbling, She removes her protective gear and sighs as she swaps out targets. Lipshits will be looking for her soon for a briefing on the frenzy that is her serial killer case. 
the case Chris abandoned when he abandoned her. Yet another reason to hate him right now, except she can't. She misses him too much. Nice grouping, Sergeant. She spins to see warm eyes and a wise smile meet her gaze. What are you doing here? She leans in to hug her beloved ex-commander and feels tears sting her eyes. Something about seeing him again for the second time since the shooting brings everything simmering to the surface. Too many wistful, wonderful memories. While Hutch is not a hugger and loves to protect his tough, gruff exterior, she feels his fatherly arms encircle her in a fierce protection. Word travels fast. How's Lorenzo? Her warmth fades as she lets go of the embrace. Don't know. Don't care. She knows he doesn't buy her indifference, but she has to protect herself from his knowledgeable stare. I see. He motions to her disintegrated target. Well, you still shoot like hell. Thanks. She resumes her task and sends the next target down the gallery. Hutch walks up to her side. May I? She smiles and hands him her gun. Of course. So, you've been riding the range. It's a great place to blow off steam. I did my best thinking here. Hutch raises her gun, emptying the clip. His shooting is a tick slower than hers, but slightly more methodical. When he finishes, he has completed two small groupings in the head and chest. As he removes his protective gear, she muses. I learned from the best. The thinking or the shooting? She silently chuckles as her sparkling green eyes meet his. Both. So what have you been thinking about down here? Smiling warily and shaking her head, she struggles to find an answer. Old times. Buy you a cup of coffee, Skipper? Hutch puts his hand to his heart in mock appreciation. Roach coach coffee? I feel honored. He winks and grins. Ah, yes. Old times indeed. Sanctuary. Raul's taco and coffee trailers is familiar to her as the eclectic blue mirror-paneled building she spends 12-hour shifts in each day. While the coffee is mediocre on a good day, the landmark is an innate part of her life. She and Chris solved many cases right here. Fresh air, a change of scenery, styrofoam cups in hand, sitting at a nearby table. She delves back into what she started at the range. Hutch, I wish I could go back. Our first year together under your command. I know we had some predicaments, and we're in our share of hot water. But looking back, it all seems simpler, you know? Simpler? Lance, were you trying to get me demoted or into an early grave? I put out so many fires to save your hides. The two of you were shot three times under my watch. Twice by Commander John Stonewall alone, I might add. You're lucky I didn't bounce you down to traffic detail. He chuckles at the memories. You two are hot shots, and you were desperately trying to prove yourselves. I like the new and improved Lance and Lorenzo. You've settled down. Wiser. Smarter. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, look at us now. Chris quit, and I'm scrambling. I'm not sure I can do the job without him. I can't handle... You can handle it. You can do it all on your own because you're Rita Lance. If this is Chris's final decision, you'll accept it and move on. Lipships will promote you to lieutenant in record time. And you'll continue with the same badassery that I know and love. However, I know this isn't his final decision. Harry knows this isn't his final decision. Which is why he never filed any paperwork and just put him on leave. And you know this isn't his final decision. Rita merely nods, her mind lost and wandering. 
She can't give voice to the what-ifs of her heart. Rita, I'm worried about you. A little over three years as partners, and now you can't do the job without him? In those three years, we've lived a lifetime of moments. They've changed me. He's changed me. It surprises her how quickly that admission spills out. Something about Hutch's presence. While she adores Harry Lipschitz, he is in the trenches with her right now and can't be the father figure she so desperately needs. Hutch, in his stoic, powerful demeanor, feels like a warm blanket, helping her shut out the storm. I've seen many partnerships in my day. However, you and Lorenzo have always been more than that. Your family. And when your family is hurting, it destroys you. They sit quietly for a moment, sipping coffee and watching the world around them. A few officers stop to say hello to Hutch, which is a welcome reprieve from their difficult conversation. She notices that no one asks her about Chris, and she's thankful. She doesn't care if they're tiptoeing around her. She won't be able to handle speaking about her absent partner. Once the crowd moves on, Hutch resumes their chat. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen Chris afraid before? She immediately thinks of one prominent moment where she saw it and felt it. Once, last year, when he thought I was murdered, he said he didn't want to admit that I was dead, but all the evidence told him I was. When I walked in and flipped that light switch, I saw absolute fear and dread. He hugged me like he thought his world had ended. And has Chris ever seen you afraid? I mean, truly afraid. He was there for it, but he didn't see it. When he got shot. Hutch nods the finality of that statement. And when he got shot, what did I tell you when we were together in his hospital room? She softens, playing with her stirring stick. She swirls the remnants of her coffee into preoccupied circles. That he'd come back to me. And he did. He'll do it again. He always does. Confused, searching eyes met his determined ones. What does he mean by this? I was there for both of those moments. I talked to Chris when we thought you were dead, and fear is a gross understatement. He was gutted. And of course, when this deranged ADA decided to stalk Chris and make him a conquest, I saw fear in you that I have never seen before. Do you see the pattern here? He's running scared, Rita. He's lost his confidence. He's lost his faith because he almost lost you. She shakes her head. I don't know how to fix it. Because it's something you can't fix. You know that. He's got to fight this demon on his own. Give him time. It's been two weeks. Why won't he just talk to me? He can't face you. He's ashamed. He made a selfish mistake. And he knows you deserve better from him. You are the person he loves most in this world and he almost got you killed. She doesn't correct him because she knows all of it's true. Hutch knows them better than anyone. She won't dare attempt to deny her feelings. At this point, the lines between loving and being in love aren't worth explaining and have blurred beyond recognition. How do you think I felt when he got shot? When I realized I didn't piece it together fast enough. That I didn't get to him in time. See, you know. You understand. Only you didn't have the luxury of running away. You were forced to sit there and face it. Live the nightmare that was unfolding in front of you just like he did last year, and in a different way, like he's doing right now. Snapping the stirring stick into tiny pieces, she contemplates his words. Hutch refuses to pity her. She needs this. Needs to listen, 
to remember that as much as she's hurting right now, Chris's internal battle is far worse. It's easy for her to dismiss it. She is the effect and Chris is the cause. Rita, I put you and Lorenzo together for a reason. People thought I was out of my mind. But I knew what I saw. Didn't you ever wonder why I didn't partner each of you with more experienced detectives? I breached every protocol imaginable. You know why? A bit of her old fire comes back, and she winks at her dear old friend. Because we are so damn good. I watched you two in Vice. I saw it. The commitment. Dedication. Not just the badge, but to your fellow officers, and especially to each other. There's something to be said about pairing up best friends. I knew that you would stay sharp because there was more on the line. But there's a downside to that, too, as you know. She takes a deep breath, not expecting the tears to spring to her eyes again. I really want to slap him right now. He laughs, placing his hand on hers, trying to stop the waterfall. Maybe you should. Listen, you'll both soldier through this. He might just need a little push. Us men and our fragile egos, we need strong women like you to keep us in line. That reminds me, how's your mother-in-law? Now see, we were having a fine conversation. He belly laughs at her smug reply. Hey, do you two still call each other Sam? She giggles. Yeah, not so much at work anymore. It was driving Captain Lipschitz crazy. At this moment, her pager sounds. Shoot, I better get back. Briefing on this insane case. You'll solve that too. I see it in your eyes. I see it in your walk and in your strut. I see it in your determination. I see it in your intent. You want this bad guy and you'll get him. For a second, she isn't sure if he's talking about the serial killer or her partner. They both stand and she gives him a quick goodbye hug, respecting his public boundaries. However, he pulls her in tighter, adopting his Jamaican accent that he saves for his favorite team. He releases her, but holds her elbows close. Let me tell you something, daughter. He winks before returning to his usual authoritative voice. You are strong. I know you're exhausted and pissed off and sad, but you are fiercely strong. Right now, you are the one fighting to save your partnership. Next time, he'll be up at bat. It ebbs and flows, keeps fighting. You know it's worth it. He's worth it. Use that lance spark to bring him back. You hear me? The lump is forming in her throat as her pager beeps a second time, and she sighs in frustration, stifling a sob. Hutch releases her arms as she turns off the offending sound, gives her a nod and walks away. As she watches him leave, she feels it. The crushing weight of it all is still there, but it's mixed with new hope and determination. Sanctuary. Family. Hutch, Harry, and Fran. George and Diana. Chris. She knows what she has to do. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>